and welcome along to the latest episode of the Thames Podcast with me, James Coleman. With every episode, we try to shine a light on all things teacher education, and this episode has a different focus to usual. Join us as we speak to a group of four trainee teachers from across the country, each training within their own context and each being supported by high-quality mentoring. We spoke to the group at the end of the second wave lockdown and an incredibly uncertain time for everyone involved in education. Listen in as our four trainees explore what it is that supported them to make progress across the year and why their mentors have been such an important part of their success. Thanks again for downloading. Settle in, sit back as we delve into the latest episode of The Thames Podcast. Okay, I'm delighted to say that I'm with Frankie, Jake, Sophie and Simon now. Um, I'm just going to go around you guys uh, one by one so that you can introduce yourself, uh, give everyone a little bit of context as to where you're coming from. So Sophie, do you want to do you want to kick us off? Yeah, hi, I'm Sophie and I'm currently um, training for the Northeast Partnership Skit and I'm at placement at Churchill Community College. I'm Brilliant. studying PE. Brilliant. Thank you, Sophie. Frankie, I think you're next on my screen. Hi, good morning, James. Yep, I am training at the Bedfordshire Schools um, Training Partnership, and I'm currently um, doing a primary placement at a junior school in Hertfordshire. Brilliant. Thank you, Frankie. Jake, good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, so my name's Jake. I am training with Mid-Essex Initial Teacher Training, and I am based at a school in the Castle Point District in Essex, at training to teach secondary geography. Brilliant. Thank you, Jake. And finally, Simon, good morning. Good morning. Hi, I'm Simon. I'm currently training through Teach North and I'm doing secondary computer science. Brilliant. Thank you. Well, like I said, good morning. Welcome all to the uh, to the Nasbit Thames podcast. It, it really is brilliant to be able to speak with you. Um, just for everyone who's listening, a bit of context. It's the, the first week that children are back in schools uh, after lockdown. So uh, not only are these guys very busy, this week is even more so uh, the case that they'll be very busy. So I, I am very, very grateful for your time. Thank you for, for being with us. And the idea of um, of our chat today really is to try and shine a light on um, some of the brilliant stuff that mentors will have done to support you during your training year, but also to try and give a perspective uh, of a trainee um, to the mentors that might be listening so that they can better understand their role and, and make sure that they're doing everything they possibly can to support you in your role too. And um, I think it's really important to try and get your perspective on, on uh, some of these key issues that we'll hopefully explore and look at this morning. So first question uh, really for us to to leap off our conversation with um is is an obvious one i guess but again i think it's important to get your viewpoint on this but how important is your mentor during the training year to a trainee so uh, i guess uh, sophie we, we've got, we started with you at the very start so i'm going to start with you now and then after that guys feel free to just kind of chip in and chat between yourselves but but sophie if i just start with you how important has your mentor been, or, or mentors, if you had a second placement, but obviously this year that might not be the case yet. Uh, how important has your mentor been during your training year? Um, yeah, so I have had two placements this year. I had one before Christmas and one after Great. Christmas. But I think they've definitely been very important, more <laughs> so this year as well, especially because they've just been there to like support you. So if you need anything... And it's like running ideas through them. So obviously, because we're just training, 
like we're not sure if like if we're doing the right thing so by asking them oh can I do this can I do that is this a good idea they've got more experience of the like the pupils in their school as well so they, they know exactly what like their what would respond better to their pupils so by running ideas across them and especially them just being there for support like in general like not even to do with your teaching just like if if you need someone to talk to or if, like you think the workload's too much like both my mentors have been really helpful, just making sure that I had like everything sorted, making sure that I wasn't worrying about what I was going to be delivering, just making sure that all of my like, subject knowledge was up to date and like helping with anything that I didn't understand. If there was like a, a sport that maybe I wasn't so confident in, they'd like they've gone through like CPD sessions with me just to make sure that I'm up to date and I know what I'm delivering. Great, thanks, Sophie. Jake, do, do, do you recognise a lot of what Sophie's talking about? Yeah, there? so I absolutely second what Sophie was saying. I think I would say that my mentor has been a crucial part of my training year. I think I can pretty much safely say that without my mentor, I don't think I would have made it past Christmas, to be honest. <laughs> um, obviously, the, the mentor is part of a sort of a network of support, but she, uh, my mentor has really been the sort of the keystone of that. Um, and sort of on a personal level, she's really sort of pulled me out of some ruts at various points in the year since September. Um, so yeah she's really been a rock to, to rely on and similar to what Sophie was saying she's always there for guidance should I need it and support um, she doesn't sugarcoat anything uh, she's straight to the point um, she also gives me the, the sort of freedom to, to try new things um, so yeah I couldn't ask for a better mental release that's great lovely to hear I think a lot of the stuff you're both talking about so far is, is this balance between being there as a support for you academically or in terms of your teaching practice but also this kind of underlying support that is kind of constant around being your well-being, around your own um, attitude towards your teaching, your ability to turn up the next day after a difficult lesson or to pick yourself off the ground when a, you've had a difficult behaviour issue, whatever it might be. There's kind of two strands to that mental role and, and, and just how important they both are. Simon, I, I don't know whether that reflects maybe your experience this year. Yeah, I think before I sort of answer any of those questions, it's worth sort of framing the situation because I'm perhaps in a relatively yeah, unique situation. Yeah. So I am blind. I can't see anything above light perception. So we are trying to undertake something that's perhaps never been done, certainly not with this teacher partnership, certainly not in mm -hmm. schools that I'm in. So the relationship between me and Memento is obviously very special. You know, he's equally given me space to introduce new techniques that we've perhaps never tried. You yeah. know, every day we have to learn to do things an entirely different way that's never been done before <laughs> yeah. so the space it gives me to do that but then at the same time the ideas brings along and says you know perhaps you know we could do it like this you could do this let's adapt it and even though i can't see i still try and have a, a heavy emphasis on visual aids for the students mm -hmm. so there's a lot of process around perhaps me understanding visualizations and the mentor definitely steps in and helps me understand how a side person may interpret something. Brilliant. Thank you, Sam. We'll, we'll, we'll unpick kind of the, the intricacies of each person's training year as we walk through, and it'll be fascinating to get your perspective on that. Frankie, fr from your perspective, how important has the mentor been to you during your training year? Um, absolutely. And just to echo what everybody else has been saying, they are, you know, that they are your main source of knowledge. They are your day-to-day -day support and guidance. Um, really interesting to hear both um, something that both Jake and Simon said is that allowing you to have that freedom and not kind of being 
territorial in their mm-hmm. domain, but allowing you to um, to express yourself and to try new things. Um, and that's been something that I found really valuable and really important in, in having a mentor. I remember that from my own training that 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 my kind of desperation to be able to take the class by myself and 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 how nice it felt when maybe someone wasn't watching me for 15 20 minutes and I could relax and be myself and even if I was maybe making mistakes during that period of time it was so important for me to have an opportunity to take some ownership of my own learning and the children's learning is that something you guys have felt throughout the year I think allowing you to have that space to to do that also then enables you to become more more reflective in your in your teaching practice as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 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 it kind of leads on to to the next point really, which is around the type of qualities that um, you've been most grateful for your mentor having. And uh, again, Simon, you'll probably have quite a p- specific viewpoint on this because it may well be that your needs have been different to Sophie, Jake's, and Frankie's, but. Um, Jake, I, I wonder if there are any type of specific qualities that you're you're very grateful that your mentor has had during this year. Absolutely, I think the big one is honesty. So um, it's always a bit weird at first, you know, being introduced to a brand new person in September, um, but you soon need to start having some brutally honest conversations, really, with um, no sugar coating. So yeah. it's been really useful for me having a mentor that can tell me if something hasn't worked or that was poor. Don't do that again. Um, so it's that honest advice and guidance that I think I've made the biggest improvements. Um, so you, you you mentioned you mentioned Jake that up until Christmas you you kind of had some tricky moments which yeah. I think everyone on the call will will yeah. um, uh, you know recognise uh, even now as an experienced teacher that I can think of many from the past couple of weeks let alone from yeah. September so wh- how did you kind of get through those uh, and again maybe through that lens of working alongside your mentor what was it that pulled you out of those difficult moments I think I think at times it was kind of like a spiral in that. I'd try and go into the, perhaps the next lesson, try and correct it. Whereas my mentor, she, it was refreshing. She helped me take a step back, sort of get back to basics, just the essentials, really just, yeah, get the, get the essentials covered before you start to perhaps get too complex with it. So she really yeah, changed my perspective at times and just said, um, you know, relax. You don't need to intricately plan, you know, everything will come up with some ingenious thing. Just, just do the, the basics well and uh, we'll take it from there. Brilliant. It's difficult, isn't it, Sophie? Because you, you, you feel responsible for the fact that you're taking over this person's class and ultimately that teacher in July will be judged upon the results of the children in their class so inevitably there's going to be an element of them wanting to keep control and wanting to make sure that they have a, a view on assessments and the teaching and learning that's happening on a day-to-day basis but at the same time you want to be taking as much ownership as possible you want to be learning and the only way you're really going to learn is by getting in there and teaching how have you and your mentor managed to balance that out during the year? Do you, you said you were teaching PE, Sophie, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I'm teaching PE. So is that, is that across secondary? Yes, in secondary. So different year groups, uh, different responsibilities. How have you and your mentor kind of managed that process of you taking a little bit more ownership of, of each of those classes as the year goes on? I, I appreciate that will be slightly different with, with lockdown, but certainly through autumn term, how did that process work for you? So at first I'd started like doing bits of the warm up and then like drip feeding in some rules across like games and like for the first couple of weeks that's all I did so I just like did little bits here and there so they got used to me and I got used to them mm-hmm. and then after that so we did like two weeks of like observation where I just like did little bits here and there warm ups and that and then after them two weeks then 
the teacher I was like mainly teaching the lesson but the teacher gave like quite a bit of input like saying like the students learn like this I'd do something like this and then again after another two two weeks then the the teacher gave me more like it's up to you now you know what they're like you've been teaching them for four weeks it's up to you so it was like a nice way to get used to like obviously teaching in front of a group of kids and obviously seeing their needs as well so it was like more drip, drip fed in and then it was left to me rather than just like saying right that's your class now like you've got to teach them. Simon I wonder from from your perspective I'm imagining your your process has been slightly different and like, like you said you you and your mentor <laughs> would have would have had to, to rip up the rule book in in lots of ways this year so could you kind of outline for us how that yeah. how that journey from September, especially with lockdown, how that journey from September to now has looked for you and, and, and what are the main kind of differences in terms of how you've been supported? Yeah, so our approach is perhaps very different. We went for a true shock and awe approach. So on the <laughs> first day, I gave 15 minutes um, video recording every student in the school saw to introduce myself. Um, sort of highlight some of my past achievements uh, to really show that yeah I don't have sight but you know I've managed to achieve some uh, what some people might say reasonably impressive things you know I've managed to work with some <laughs> of the, uh, the big tech companies like the Apples the Googles Facebook Twitter you know I invented a new way to navigate using GPS with IBM a few years ago I use that to cross desert solo I've done some reasonably impressive things around technology so the first thing was let's show them what I am capable of so they don't just see me as someone that can't see. Mm-hmm. And then we sort of rapidly introduced me to the different year groups, um, sort of started with year nines. And then by the second half term, I started doing pretty much all year groups, including year 11. Mm-hmm. I think because of my background in technology, my mentor felt comfortable when we were working with year 11s from a very early stage. Yeah. So it's definitely been a quick and rapid introduction, but we felt that was best to really show the kids that, you know, I was capable. I do know this topic and I can deliver it to quite a high standard because in the past as well, I was, uh, you know, speak on the global stage. So I'm used to sort of speaking in front of tens, hundreds, thousands of people. So that translates to the classroom quite well. So I went in with high confidence, shock and awe, give me as many students I could handle early on. And comparing those two experiences, so, you know, speaking to, to large groups of people um, compared to working with, I don't know, 10 year 11s, whatever it might be, uh, how do they compare? Is it, is it just as nerve wracking? Is it very different, you know, different skills? Was it as you expected oh, it to be? Were you more <laughs> nervous, less nervous? <laughs> it, it's, it's beyond different because usually when I'm speaking to a crowd, someone's invited me specifically to speak about my past whereas when I'm in a classroom essentially don't particularly care too much about the past but I care about (laughs) the topic at hand so it's very different what it did give me is the confidence to stand in front of those students from day one and you know deliver a lesson but I'd say it's far more enjoyable delivering in a classroom just for the sort of to and fro working around the room, working with individuals. You don't really get it when you're still on a stage talking to, you know, a huge group. So that classroom interaction is, is definitely better. Frankie, what, what has been kind of your 
your biggest challenge so far this year? If you think back to September and the journey you've been on, what was the kind of real pinch point for you that was that was the biggest challenge, something you reflect on now and be pleased that you've moved past? I mean, I think for all of us, we've been teaching in a, in a COVID year, so we are not necessarily seeing schools um, in, in their normal setting. Um, and I think that's been challenging um, and it's being able to kind of navigate that and using um, your mentor to be able to do that and for them to be able to say, well, actually, you know, this isn't how we normally do this. Um, and it's for them to be able to, to show you kind of the normal and then show you kind of the new normal of what we're doing now. Um, it's definitely been so, you know, it's got, I think maybe the challenge is going to be actually as we come out of COVID and, um, you know, the practices that I've been learning, um, will they still fit in with, with next year and the subsequent years as we come out? Um, I think that's going I guess to be interesting. For your mentors too, it's, it's been an environment that, but the experience we had last year, they've never been involved in either. So everyone's kind of learning as they go together. Yeah. It's it's yeah. not that a mentor is necessarily an expert on being able to deliver a lesson on Google Classrooms or whatever whatever system you might be using, um, which which I guess in some ways kind of levels the playing field slightly between you and the mentor. You're both kind of going through that process together, which I can imagine is probably quite nice, but at the same time, incredibly challenging during a year that's probably felt and looked very different to what you might have anticipated it looking like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think one of the things um, for mentors or, or certainly experienced colleagues that you'll be working alongside, it, it's very difficult to kind of think back and put yourself in the position of you being a trainee again. Um, and even for myself, a lot of my work is with trainee teachers and in the ITT environment. And even I have to keep constantly reminding myself of how I felt as a trainee and not getting sucked into the world of you know being an experienced teacher or whatever it might be uh, uh, those day-to-day -day things or week-to-week -week things that for a mentor probably don't feel like a very big deal but for you may well be something like your target setting meetings your weekly observations or fortnightly observations or however your observations work how do they, Jake, how, how does that, how do you feel while you're being observed? Is that something that feels like a big deal or does it just become part of your week to week process? It depends. So for me, my um, personal mentor, every lesson that I teach where with her class, she'll write an observation form. So that, that's become almost quite casual. Um, and then we have a debrief at the end. So that, that's all right. But the more serious, the sort of the termly uh, with my professional mentor, um, I've had two so far. And it's the first one, it was a period three lesson. I spent, I had nothing the first two periods. So I spent those two hours getting the classroom ready, everything sort of neatly put out. And that almost hindered me in that I was overthinking it um, so much. You know, it was almost sort of a paralyzing introspection almost. Um, and I think that, so that didn't quite go to plan. But my second observation, it was a, again, a period three lesson, but I was busy the first two. Um, yeah. And my lesson of a random period two, so I was a little bit late, but it, that just made it so much more natural almost that I just came yeah. into the room and started to teach. I, did, I, I couldn't, overthink it because I just had to do it if that makes sense um, absolutely yeah so it I think it's kind of like a, a positive feedback loop I'd say that the more you think about these observations um the sort of the worse they get so I guess <laughs> just keep it as natural as possible is it it's where I'm coming from yeah absolutely hard to do <laughs> hard to do yeah, even, yeah, done. even now when I'm observed it's not something I particularly enjoy so uh, if you if you crack that one Jake already I'm very impressed <laughs> 
Sophia, I, I wonder, I wonder how it's felt for you during during observations and, and things like that. Yeah, so we get two formal observations a week, and then the rest of my lessons, I just get like written feedback. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they're almost like just second nature now. At the beginning, though, I was like quite nervous about them, but now I'm. Um, I feel like I'm just used to them. Like that's what happens. It, it happens every day, so it's no different really. But again, like Jake said, I get a professional. Um, my professional mentor comes and watches me once or twice a um, term, and I think that is a bit more nerve-wracking, especially in my last placement, as she was a, a history teacher, whereas at Churchill now, my professional mentor is also PE, so it's probably not as nerve-wracking, because I know who it is, and like I've seen them around, whereas at my last placement, it was quite nerve-wracking, because I hadn't really liked seen her much. And then we get the skit directors come in once a term as well to assess us. And obviously that's quite nerve wracking because they're like the big, the big bosses. And you obviously you want to show them that you can do really well, but sometimes the nerves like put you off a bit. Of course, I'm sure they'll be thrilled to hear you call them the big bosses, Sophie. That'll get, <laughs> get you some brownie points back at the skit team. Um, uh, this is kind of feel free to anyone to chip in really um we're talking lots around the type of feedback that you're getting as a trainee and, and that that i think at times can be can be slightly overwhelming especially when you're getting lots of different opinions from lots of different people all perfectly valid and, and justified because each one of those people will be an experienced colleague who's coming from a position of great knowledge most most likely but everyone sees teaching through a different lens everyone is their own type of teacher it can be overwhelming to get so much feedback that sometimes contradicts itself too. So is there a, a kind of type or a style of feedback that you found most useful? Please just chip in and, and kind of bounce off each other on this one a little bit, because I, I'd imagine it's probably slightly different for each of you based on the type of learner that you are, how you process things, the, the, the type of teacher that you're going to be. What type of feedback have you found most useful? I think for me, before the feedback process started, a sort of mentor had a conversation about what feedback would be useful. Mm -hmm. So I'm quite hypercritical of myself. Yeah. And turns out that worked quite well with my mentor. So then at the end of each lesson, they just give me a list of things and say, look, you know, <laughs> these are things that I think should be focused on next time. And then, you know, repeat that cycle. So I think having that conversation about what works best for the mentee, you know, what type of feedback do they like? And, and it can build from there. I would add practical tips, so not just, you know, letting you know the areas that, that went wrong, but then coming up with solutions with you as to, you know, different strategies that you can try. And actually, that's where it's quite nice to have the feedback from lots of different people, because, yes, it might be contradicting, but you might find that one of those strategies works for you and you've got to try them all out to see, you know, what's best for you and your teaching style. Um, so yeah, practical tips um, is what I've really found useful echo what's been said is that sort of small scale actionable feedback that you can really just make changes sort of straight away next time uh, that's been most useful for me i'd just say like specific feedback so i'd much rather someone tell me like exactly where it went wrong or exactly what what i could change rather than just saying well you could change this i'd rather someone was like really straightforward and just told me like to the point rather than like saying like trying to go around about it just tell me like straight away that's interesting. Would you? Would you? Would everyone else on the call agree with that? Yes. 
honesty is the best policy. <laughs> well, I think we all just want honesty so that you can, um, it just helps you to be, I think, more, more reflective, which is what we all want to be. And that's how we're going to get better is by being, being more reflective. And I think having that um, honesty um, definitely helps with that. You want something to come from sweeter as well. Sorry, say that again, Jake. As I said, if you know your mentor's honest, it also makes the, the compliments, the occasional compliment, a lot sweeter too. So I, I think this is a really, really um, important point, I think, for um, for all of us to talk through. But uh, it's certainly from the perspective of having been a mentor too, it's difficult at times because you get caught between not wanting to you know, tear someone down or um, wanting to offend them in any way or upset them, especially if it's been a difficult lesson and they know that there are issues that have cropped up and they're things for us to work on together. It, you you sometimes fall into the trap of not wanting to say the thing that you think might upset them because they're they're going through a difficult moment. But it, certainly through my own learning and my own perspective and the mistakes that I've made as a mentor, it's honesty, like you said, Jake, is, is absolutely the best policy because actually that's exactly what you want. And it's what you deserve as a practitioner too. You want to get better. You want to become the brilliant teacher that you're going to be able to become one day. And unless you're getting that honest, open feedback, it's very hard for you to identify those areas that you need to make progress in. And that that really is what the person observing you is, is there for. Uh, Simon, I, you mentioned something uh, in relation to your your scenario specifically that, that I think is interesting for us to maybe unpick and, and talk about as a group. At the, at the very start, and, and I'd imagine, you know, this is obviously down to your context. You'll have had lots of conversation about what's going to work for you so because you're maybe coming into this from a, a different perspective and uh, with, with different needs and, and different support being in place, you will have had lots of conversations, I would imagine, with both your provider and with your mentor around what it is that's going to support you and lots of feedback from you inputting on that process. Is, is, is that fair? Is that, is that right? Is that how the year's gone from your perspective? There's been lots of people seeking uh, your yeah. guidance around what's going to help you the most. I would say the process perhaps started slightly early for me than other ITTs. Um, we started to put things into place way before the school term started in terms of what is going to work. And, you know, we all had a very open conversation that said, this is the first time any of us have attempted to do anything like this. So this is going to be one big learning experience. So initially, because none of us really knew how to make those adaptations, there was lots of observations. And then after a lesson, there'd be a debrief. So we're like, okay, so how could we do this in a different way? Or can I do this? Can I do that? And that's what it was initially, just for the first couple of weeks, a real fast, rapid process of how can we adapt? How can we do this? And that's something that, you know, continues to this day that we think, how can these things be achieved? And it's just a steep learning curve. And it is thanks to, you know, the space that, you know, Teach North have given me to allow me to even attempt to do this and you know it's definitely working well I'm certainly teaching you know across the spectrum and I'd say the mentor has been really really helpful because you know even this weekend for example he spent all weekend trying to come up with a more accessible way for us to deliver to the year nines and then brought it in and it turns out that new way is not only more accessible but perhaps actually delivers the content in a more engaging and interactive way so perhaps that's a better solution for everybody not only does it work for me it gives the students a better solution. This is the thread. This is the thread that I, I kind of wanted to pick up on, really, because uh, when we talk about teaching uh, in 
in schools and and mentoring and those sorts of things there's lots of things that we've done just because they've been passed down to us or that it's not habitual but it's obviously based in research and theory and all those sorts of things but sometimes it's quite nice to think outside the box and to be creative and to reflect on what's working and what's not working and you Simon have been in a position where you and your colleagues and the, the people around you would have been thinking all the way through the year okay how can we adapt things how can we make sure that um we're supporting the process as well as possible uh sophie jake frankie i i wonder if there are any kind of reflections back from the start of the year for you that you think you know what if something had been done that way that would have really helped me actually now i can look back on that process now i've got further down the year and i'm able to kind of think back to September rather than being kind of caught up in the, the heat of the moment at the time. Is there anything that would have been really supportive for you that perhaps not through anyone's fault at all, but perhaps wasn't in place or didn't happen at the time that you think would have been really useful? Um, I just say like for my GCSE class at my other placement, at first did quite a lot of like me teaching them doing it and like like that like me teacher they do it then I teach them something more and then they do it and that was because that's how the teacher taught them before but I didn't really Mm -hmm. think that that worked very well for me and then it wasn't until somebody else came to observe me in that class and they said why don't you try to do this and uh like so I did it more where they had like group tasks and like paired tasks and how to do like activities as pairs and they were sat in mixed ability, so they like they were helping each other at the same time, and I think that worked better for me. And the pupils were more engaged when they were doing the activities rather than them sitting in silence, writing in their books, then listening to me, then writing something else. It's kind of it was the varied feedback that you got, Sophie, that kind of allowed you to go on on that journey. Yeah, the, the kind of different input, the different feedback from different people. Yeah, it's like a teacher who hadn't seen like them pupils before so they didn't really know what they were like and she just said why don't you just try this and see how it goes and if it doesn't go well then you know that that's not going to work and move to something else. Frankie is there anything you can reflect on that you think yeah do you know what that that would have been had that happened earlier or or had I been able to get my head around that or had this been in place for me at that time of the year it would have made things slightly slightly easier for me? I think sometimes just having the confidence to ask um, and at the beginning, maybe, uh, you know, your relationship with your mentor isn't at that stage where you feel confident to be able to just ask. And that's definitely something that I think that's grown across the year. And, um, you know, if you don't know something, ask. And I feel like I've built that relationship now um, with my mentor that I can do that. And also with other school staff as well, because, um, you know, it's not just your mentor that mentors you. It's all the other um, school staff around as well that kind of provide you with that um mentoring and that coaching um and yeah having the confidence to just ask something that I've really taken from and um and using going forward now yeah I guess thinking about that through a mentor's lens just trying to think about the people that will be listening to the podcast as well I guess for a mentor to try and give you that space where you can do that even at the start of the year where maybe that relationship isn't quite there yet completely understandably um but trying to create an environment where that that is allowed to happen as early as possible in the year, perhaps that's that's really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jake, anything you can you can reflect on thinking back to the start of the year? Yeah, absolutely. This is really sort of small scale, and it, I guess it mostly stems from my own naivety with it. 
but I could have done with someone telling me and stressing that it's okay to, to be me almost. Yeah. On my first day, and um, you know, with colleagues, and I said, Oh, you know, they're all it's the, the old proverb, don't smile until Christmas and all that. You've got to be this, you need to be that. Mm-hmm. And I remember observing these colleagues sort of from September onwards, and I sort of became a, a mismatch of, of different teachers and their styles instead of just trying to come up with something that works for me. And it wasn't yeah. until nearing the first half term when my mentor um, sort of picked up on this and we had an honest conversation. And um, it was about coming up with a strategy that's natural and, um, yeah something that's personal to me yeah that's great and brilliant that your mentor was willing to have that conversation to to bring that out of you that's that's really positive um so it's obviously been i think frankie touched on it earlier it's obviously been a very very different year (laughs) um to i guess well i guess not really for anyone expected i guess we we knew at some point there might be um some sort of intervention into the normal school life i don't think any of us thought it would be quite as long as it was or um quite as dramatic as it was with going back for one day and then all of a sudden everything being changed overnight so that tuesday we were teaching online how's that how's that been during this last kind of two months or so how has it been for you how's that um process been handled how supported have you felt and, and then and how's it impacted on on your own development do you think feel free to, to kind of just chip in between you guys and um for me so we've been teaching both core PE and CVP on google classroom yeah so i think at first i felt a bit more relaxed because i was in kind of the same boat as the other teachers at Churchill because obviously they hadn't really taught much online and obviously I hadn't so I think that made me feel a bit more relaxed because obviously I knew that they don't know that much and and it just makes you feel like you're not living up to a high expectation because it's like something new for everyone but my tutor was really supportive she went through like how to go through each of the like setting the assignments, setting up the Google Meets, setting the tasks. And I observed quite a few lessons before I took the responsibility of teaching the lessons. So that was good to see like how they'd run them. And it was good because I gave them like new ideas. So I recorded a video of me doing a fitness workout, which then other staff members had used as well. So that felt good to see that other people had used the work that I'd done. That's great. And like you say, it's almost a leveller, isn't it? Being thrown into a situation like that where no one's an expert um, and and no one's really done it before. That's quite a nice environment for you to be in because you can contribute just as much as everyone else does. Have people felt that, that that kind of this has been an opportunity for you to really contribute to the the day-to-day running of the school and the the lives of the children? Has has that been something that other people have, have keenly felt? Absolutely. I mean, I've prior to doing this, I had a bit of background in um, kind of well-being. um, And that's something that obviously has been really, really important um, for both the children and the staff and the parents and the whole community um, in this. So being able to to use those skills. I mean, I've actually mainly been in school um, and focused on the children that have been in school. I have been doing some pre-recorded lessons and obviously that a totally different skill set that you are developing yeah. um, so you know in some ways we are we're learning more from this year which is absolutely fantastic um 
there have been challenges in the sense that although I've been in school, my mentor, due to different circumstances, has been working remotely from home. Um, so having to navigate the waters of not seeing each other on a day-to-day basis. Um, and, you know, my mentor has been amazing. She's, we've had Zoom calls. She's always at the under, other end of the phone. Um, so it's just about the mentors, you know, changing um, how they are accessible to us um, when you can't see them face to face every day. Um, but that's, you know, she's been amazing and, and done that brilliantly. Yeah, I think I think that is probably been perhaps the biggest challenge, hasn't it? Is is I know that for a lot of trainees, exactly as you're talking about, Frankie, either the trainee's been at home or the mentor's been at school or vice versa, and that that link is broken a little bit in terms of that informal feedback that you're getting on a day to day basis. That can be quite hard to, like you say, to navigate. Definitely, Jake. Uh, how's uh, how's the lockdown? teaching online been for you it's um i feel like i was just getting to a point last week where i was coming to a, a good level but now we're back in school of course <laughs> um, <laughs> yes so you learn, uh, you've learned you've learned how to teach online but you don't know if you'll ever use it again yeah maybe a snow day or something in the future we'll see. <laughs> but no I, I really benefited from again my mentor's help uh, the continuity that uh, she's been able to provide in terms of you know sticking to the timetable i can still observe her life lessons as i would in class um you know conserve us uh, our weekly mentor meetings and whatnot um she, yeah she's um really sort of kept it that's great as it was but just just live and and so and how's how's that process worked for you have you been in school or been working online yeah i've actually been in school but still delivering the virtual sessions i think for me the thing that really stood out is just resource creation and what access the students have to resources at home mm. and it really made me have to imagine how to deliver in a very different way so you know, as the previous people mentioned, it was observing like my mentors' lessons, other people's lessons, think, how can we reduce the number of resources, especially in computer science? You know, we can't even be sure they've got, you know, a laptop that may be, you know, observing on a phone. So then they can't even complete a lot of the tasks. And, and that was the, the greatest challenge. How can I make these lessons as accessible to everyone as possible? And perhaps on another note, slightly more level playing field for me, because now all of a sudden all the teachers can't see the students. Yeah. <laughs> for me of course yeah that, that, that's of me on a, on a day-to-day basis so <laughs> it wasn't hugely different uh from that aspect for me it just and do you, do you find a lot of the skills that you built up and the the techniques that you relied upon in class you were then able to replicate online i would like to say yes but unfortunately the answer is no because <laughs> uh in the area that i'm teaching currently students didn't have access to resources so they may not right. have a microphone of course like i said they may not have a laptop so then when they can't interact with me through voice or they may struggle to use the chat system due to the device they're using yeah. just very very difficult if we lived in an area where resources were plentiful then i could use the exact same techniques yeah uh, Sam, just just on on the point we're, we're going to I'm going to move on in a moment to talking about kind of pupils and students and building relationships with them. How's that How's that process been for you? How have the students uh, reacted to to you being in school and 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 to you working with them? It's been really interesting actually because it's been a long time uh, without sight, and the way adults interact with me can often be very strained. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know how to talk to me how to react they will often speak to the person that's next to me rather than me yeah but the students seem far more accepting 
the sort of year sevens and year eights straight away didn't seem to be an issue. And what I tried to do is at the start of each new class, I'd answer questions for 15 minutes because they are interested on how, you know, I live my day-to-day life, how I may do simple tasks. Because the, the one I always use is, um, especially in computer science, could list of instructions, algorithms. How do you brush your teeth? So I asked them how they brush their teeth and then asked them to go away and think about how someone who's blind may clean their teeth because the big challenge, of course, is how do you put toothpaste on the toothbrush when you can't see? And usually out of a class of 30, there's maybe one or two students that, that figure it out. So yeah, always interesting to see which uh, one or two students that figures it out. Yeah, and it, I think you highlighted a great point with children and that they, they see things far more simply than we do without without the context that perhaps as an adult you, you you think it through or or overthink it, whereas children just you know say how it is, see things how they are, and are, are far yeah. more upfront, which I, I can imagine is very refreshing for you, Simon. Oh yeah, it re- really is. I'd say far more accepting, and that's what's been really enjoyable. You know, dealing yeah. with the adult population for the past ten years, like I say, it has been challenging. Whereas all that just seems to to disappear in the classroom. That's lovely. I'm conscious that time is running away from us, um, and it's been fascinating chatting to you all. I could happily do it for hours, but unfortunately, you've got to go teach. I uh, I would love to to kind of wrap things up, um, just with, with a couple of pretty simple questions. With I'm sure won't be easy answers, but hopefully important answers for us to to run through. So. The two questions I'm going to ask, well, the first question I'm going to ask you is if you could tell yourself anything from September. So if you could go back to September, Sophie, September, Frankie, Jake, Simon, if you could tell yourself something, what was it, what would it be that you would tell yourself in September where you are now? So Frankie, what would you tell September Frankie if you could tell them anything? Uh, you, You can't be perfect from the start and to not even attempt being and don't worry when things go wrong because that is when you learn the most very good jake what would you tell september jake yeah i'd echo that so um trust the process make mistakes and that you're not going to become a, a world-class practitioner you know in, in a matter of months it's going to take years even when the the itt course finishes um you're still going to be a work in progress mm-hmm. simon uh, similar to that, really, when you make a mistake at the front of the class, it's actually entertaining for the students. So definitely don't be afraid to, <laughs> to make a mistake and then openly laugh at yourself in, uh, <laughs> in front of the students as well. Yeah, definitely. A, a sense of humour is definitely important in uh, when you're working with children. And Sophie? Uh, I'd say just believe in yourself, try new ideas. Like, it doesn't matter if they don't go right. That's what you like. This is what this year's for, like just to try and see where what your strengths are and what works for different peoples and then finally if you could tell your mentor something in september so if you could tell your mentor if you do your training year again and you could go right back to the start and there was one thing that you could tell your mentor in september what would that thing be jake i'll i'll start with you this time I don't know. Sorry, um, I'm not so sure. <laughs> you'd um, apologise in advance, would you? Jake? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, I just. I'm, it's tough. There's, there's so much I could say. Um, I've, I've put you on the spot, Jake. I apologise. Yeah, too right. much for five to five to ten on a Thursday morning. <laughs> um, 
I don't know, I just, I'd just like to give her as much thanks as possible in advance. Um, I knew going in how crucial the mentor would be and um, she's really exceeded my expectations. Great. Frankie, what would you, what would you say to your mentor? If there was one thing you could say to a mentor in September, what would it be? I think um, having, you know, allowing your trainee to have that space um, to be able to um, explore and try new ideas. I mean, that's what my mentor has been fantastic at. um, And I've really appreciated it. Sophie? Um, I'd probably just say that I, I probably will stress over like the little things, but I know that I will like get where I want to be. Well, I just like stress over silly things that I know I probably shouldn't stress about. And Simon, what would what would you say? I just say thank you. You know, thank you for willing to go on this journey with me. You know, because together we're doing something that you know the teacher provider's never done before. I've never mm. done before. My mentor's never done before. So being willing to take that on, and I believe he actually volunteered and was excited to do it. So yeah, I definitely just say thank you. I think what's come across through the conversation, more so even more than I, I had anticipated, I think, um, is just how grateful <laughs> you all are for the support that you've had during the year, which is is so lovely to hear. Um, it, it, it's amazing, really, when people choose to train, you know, you pay a significant fee to come and train to be a teacher, which is the best money you'll ever spend because it's the best career you could ever go into. But even with all that, you're then so grateful for the support and uh, the nurture and all the other things that a mentor will be doing to get you through your training year. Um, hopefully it reflects on the wonderful job that those mentors are doing, but it also reflects brilliantly on, on you as people and your commitment to developing into what you want to be. Um, it's been fascinating, but also really heartwarming to, to hear you talk this morning. So thank you so much for, for all your time um we, we obviously wish you all the very best for the rest of the year um it might be that we decide to to get back together towards the end of the year to maybe have another chat if if, if you guys all fancy that absolutely yeah definitely yeah it'd be lovely to see how uh how once we've got out of the lockdown and, and touch wood hopefully things start to move towards some sort of normality um we can then have another discussion towards the end of the year to see how uh how things have moved along but certainly for now a, a huge thank you for for giving up your time and being part of the podcast thanks to you thank you thank you for having us cheers